This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Thursday, September 2nd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Nally. Here's today's state of lines. Wine country water level drops. Study. Wine grapes fine with 50% less water. Vilsack says it's important to hire workers throughout USDA. As storage levels drop, study finds wine grapes can survive with 50% less water. A UC Davis study has confirmed what many California wine grape growers have learned through previous droughts. Grapes in the Napa Valley maintained flavor, color, and sugar content even when slashing irrigation in half during the experiment. In the end, drought is not coming for wine, he said, lead author and UC Davis professor Con Coltro. There doesn't need to be a tremendous amount of water for grapes. If you over-irrigate in times like these, you're just going to ruin quality for a little game. The study focused on Cabernet Sauvignon varietals found no significant economic impacts to yield. Now, on note of water shortages, the research is especially timely now that Lake Mendocino, which supplies much of wine country, dropped below 20,000 feet this week. The Sonoma County Water Authority had set a goal of maintaining that storage level to preserve an adequate carryover supply for next year. This means conservation efforts in the upper Russian River watershed and state curtailments were not enough. The city of Hillsburg was cut water use by more than half over the last months. West Nile cases and horses prompt alarm. CDFA is warning horse owners of West Nile virus after the department detected five new cases in California in recent weeks, leading to the death of one horse. CDFA is encouraging vaccinations for horses and for landowners to manage mosquitoes by minimizing and sanitizing any standing water. More than 1,000 cases of the equine virus have been confirmed over the last two decades, with nearly half of those resulting in death. USDA expands whole farm revenue protection plan. USDA's Risk Management Agency is expanding its whole farm revenue protection plan with the goal of garnering more participation from aquaculture and organic producers. RMA announced changes on Tuesday, including an increase in expansion limits for organic producers and a boost in the insurance limit for aquaculture operations. These improvements to the whole farm revenue protection program will make it a better risk management tool for producers, RMA Acting Administrator Richard Flournoy said. USDA is committed to equity and program delivery, and this includes specialty crop, organic, and aquaculture producers who will benefit from these enhancements to WFRP. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Vilsack Ice Conservation Boost Through Reconciliation Package The Department of Agriculture is in touch with Capitol Hill as Democratic leaders work to craft legislation that has the potential to funnel more money into the Farm Bill and expand the number of producers who could receive funding and assistance for government conservation programs. In an exclusive interview with AgriPulse, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack said the package, which carries a price tag of about $3.5 trillion, could offer a substantial boost to USDA's ability to aid producers in their conservation efforts. 
USDA officials, he noted, are, quote, in the process of providing technical assistance to Congress. Just about everybody understands and appreciates the need for resources in our traditional conservation programs. There's a waiting list, if you will, for people that want to utilize those programs, Vilsack said, specifically mentioning the Environmental Quality Incentives Program and the Conservation Stewardship Program. You can read our full report at agripulse.com. Vilsack says it's important to hire workers throughout USDA. While work continues to find nominees for some vacant high-level positions, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack says it's just as important to fill worker bee positions throughout the entire department. He says when he reassumed his role as secretary this year, the department was down somewhere between 3,000 and 4,000 people from when he left in 2017. The latest budget summary from the department prepared for the fiscal 22 budget proposal shows total staffing of nearly 100,000 employees. We have to obviously work hard to get those folks and those staffs built back up again, he told AgriPulse in an interview yesterday. Most of the top officials have either been confirmed or are in some stage of the process, but some positions still lack a nominee, including Undersecretary for Food Safety and Undersecretary for Trade and Foreign Agriculture Affairs. Vilsack said the process of clearing people for nomination is a time-consuming task requiring review by the Presidential Personnel Office. Asked about State Farm Service Agency and Rural Development Directors, he said he expects that sometime by the end of this month or early next, we will have a number of those folks identified and hopefully in place. USTR fills key role for Southeast Asia trade. The Office of the U.S. Trade Representative has named longtime government trade official Don Shackelford as the new assistant USTR for the Office of Southeast Asia and the Pacific. It's a position that's been open since Carl Ehlers retired in May. Southeast Asian markets are growing increasingly important for U.S. ag exports. Vietnam recently announced it would cut tariffs on corn, wheat, and pork. U.S. producers are eager to gain more access to that country and other nations in the region. The National Pork Producers Council says gaining better access to Vietnam is one of its top trade priorities. U.S. ag groups and lawmakers continue to press the Biden administration to nominate a chief agriculture negotiator for USTR. NCBA and PLC denounce Biden's support for Wilderness Act of 1964. The National Cattlemen's Beef Association and the Public Lands Council publicly denounced President Biden's support for the Wilderness Act of 1964 yesterday, saying that designations under the act prohibiting motorized vehicles and mechanical tools won't actually result in an improved land health, but will instead hinder efforts to curb wildfire, get rid of invasive species, and maintain healthy habitat. Biden signed a proclamation on Tuesday designating September as National Wilderness Month and affirming his support for the law signed by President Lyndon Johnson, which established a national wilderness preservation system that now includes more than 800 areas covering 111 million acres. Caitlin Glover, the executive director of the Natural Resources for NCBA and the executive director of the PLC, said holding wilderness areas up as the gold standard for natural landscapes is misguided and that Biden should also pay attention 
to conservation efforts by ranchers operating on public land. Here's today's They Said It. Now is the time for bold climate action. That Governor Newsom and nine other governors in a letter to congressional leaders calling for any infrastructure package to include funding for climate-smart agriculture practices and clean energy programs. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Thursday, September 2nd. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Nally.